0: Will to Survive The Story of Mira O'Connell's Journey from Victim to Survivor. Episode 5 How Did That Happen? If you'd like to support this podcast and its continued efforts, you may do so by becoming one of the regular monthly subscribers. Go to patreon.com forward slash Mira O'Connell. Learn more today by going to my website www.thewilltosurvive.com That's the will number2survive.com. In my last episode, I talked about the police investigation and one of the things that I did as part of my recovery was to go over the police report extensively. I felt like maybe if I could come through it and understand every little detail, every little thing that happened, or what the police explanation Was for what happened, then maybe I could better understand why this happened, why some strange man chose me to attack me and had horrible things planned for me. During my review of the police report, I noticed some things that didn't seem to match from what I remember. And I started to do research on why some things happened differently than what I remembered. So, on this episode, I'm going to talk about physiological responses to stress. A physiological response is an automatic reaction that triggers a physical response to a stimulus. When some people experience stressful events, the amygdala, an area of the brain that contributes to emotional processing, sends a distress signal to the hypothalamus. The area of the brain functions like a command center. It communicates to the rest of the body through the nervous system so the person has the information to respond accordingly. The sympathetic nervous system functions like a gas pedal in a car. It triggers a reaction, often providing the body with a burst of energy by pumping adrenaline into the bloodstream so that it can respond to perceived dangers. As it circulates through the body, the adrenaline brings a number of physiological changes. The heart beats faster than normal. Our pulses go up as well as our blood pressure. We breathe more rapidly. Extra oxygen is therefore sent to the brain, increasing alertness. And our sight, hearing, and other senses become sharper. All of these changes happen so quickly that people are often not aware of them. Most of us are familiar with the automatic and instinctive physiological responses we experience. Like when your palms get sweaty when you're about to do a presentation. Or you move out of the way very quickly when someone pulls out in front of you. But during a stressful situation, physiological responses to stimuli are greatly intensified. I remember when my son was little, he was standing on a chair, and he was kind of rocking it, and he tilted it too far back, and I was across the kitchen. Before I knew it, I was right underneath him, catching him, before the chair completely fell to the ground. And this was the same kind of response I had during the attack. The physiological phenomenon... Began in my brain before I even realized it had begun. So when I reviewed the police report, it talked about the wounds. And I do not remember firing the weapon until I stood up on top of the bed. But according to the autopsy and the police report, from the best that I could figure, I actually fired the weapon sometime in the struggle. Because one of the bullet wounds went through the hand and then exited and entered the chest. And according to the forensic reports, the shot that went through the glove in the hand was a very close quarter shot. So my brain tricked me. Scientists say that when our body perceives a threat, the stress response begins in the hypothalamus part of our brain. That sets off a series of events. In our nervous system and endocrine system that propel our bodies to respond in a fight, flight, or freeze response. So, as I began to learn about other people who were in stressful situations, even police officers, firefighters, military, that talked about being able to lift up cars off of people in wrecks or going into buildings and saving people when they shouldn't have been able to, police firing their weapon without even realizing they had fired it. They could do something without even realizing that they did it. We have a primal instinct to protect ourselves, and it's something that has been a part of the human race since as long as we knew what danger and threats were. With all of these things happening so quickly, we often feel very deceived by our bodies because we feel like these are not normal responses, but they are normal responses for stress. And so the better that I understood this, the better I understood why my body responded a certain way. Why I had certain things happen to me during the event that I never had happen in my life before. Another psychological phenomenon its a response to stress is called tachypsychia. It's a neurological condition that alters the perception of time in a traumatic event. People often talk about things slowed down and it felt like everything was in slow motion. Other people talk about things sped up and everything seemed to happen very quickly. It's part of this response that changes your perception of time. It is believed that tachypsychia, is induced by a combination of high levels of dopamine and norepinephrine. These levels are only produced during periods of great physical stress, a car wreck, or a violent confrontation. In my case, everything seemed to speed up so quickly. I felt like from the moment that the man woke me up until the moment I was running out of my bedroom, it was mere seconds that had passed. I really have no idea how long it took but it seemed like it was very quick. Stress is defined as anything that our body perceives as a threat. How the body reacts to stimulus that they feel can cause them harm, real or imagined. Fear is an automatic physical reaction perceived threat that will result in predictable physical, emotional, perceptual, and cognitive changes because of high physical arousal state. When fear explodes inside of you, your sympathetic nervous system instantly dumps a variety of natural drugs and hormones into your body to cause a high arousal state. You are literally under the influence of these natural chemicals, so your body operates differently, just as it would under the influence of a chemical you deliberately ingested. One of the end result responses that a person has when responding to stress is called fight, flight, or freeze. This response occurs when our body is trying to protect itself, and it's producing stress hormones, cortisol, and adrenaline so that our body can respond to the threat. The body's automatic built-in system designed to protect us when something happens that makes us feel like we're in danger or when we feel threatened. The fight or flight response has evolved Over time, from an innate survival mechanism enabling people and other animals to react quickly to life threatening situations. This is caused from a sequence of hormonal events that occur in our body. These responses help us feel safe or get to a safer place through the flee response or respond by fighting back, fighting the threat off in the fight response. Or even the freeze response can help the person survive. And the freeze response, like if an animal decides to stay put and try to stay quiet until the predator goes past them, the response is so innate in our bodies that we respond before we even realize that. One of the other physiological responses our body has during moments of stress and as a way to protect ourselves is called tunnel vision. A lot of people have heard of this term. Tunnel vision is a phenomenon that describes the visual changes that happen during the adrenaline rush of a stress response. It's when your peripheral vision shrinks, reducing your field of vision to a tight circle in front of you. It makes your eyes so that you can focus more clearly on the immediate threat rather than the environmental details around you. Your pupils often dilate during this response, which allows more light to enter your eyes and you can see your surroundings better. Your eyes do this so you can be more observant of your immediate threat. Also, when more light enters your eyes, your brain can process information about your environment more quickly. I remember this happening to me. It was dark in my room and the man who attacked me did have a light. I don't know if there was ambient light from the moon but I remember seeing him very clearly when I pulled his mask off of him. His shirt and his face and his eyes and his hair. But that's all I saw. I had a little snapshot around his face and the upper part of his shirt. I didn't notice anything else. I had tunnel vision and it totally made sense once I found out about this physiological response, about why I didn't notice the gunshot wounds. Another sensory response to stress is auditory exclusion. Some people also call this tunnel hearing. It's a form of temporary hearing loss that occurs during high stress situations. It often goes side by side with tunnel vision. Your body naturally protects its senses by diminishing the sound if it's something that could be harmful to you. Your temporary hearing loss can range from total loss of sound to noises seeming muffled or distant or even lessened. Sometimes the person who's under the stress feels disconnected from the event, even from what he or she is doing as if she's watching the entire scene from something else. Police report during shootings that they often felt like they were outside of their body watching the event unfold. Some of them even report that they didn't even realize they had shot their weapons or that they sounded like cap guns. And that's exactly what happened to me. I didn't know it at the time, but I was having auditory exclusion. When I reported to the 911 operator that it sounded like a cap gun, it's because hearing actually protects itself. If I went out to the range and shot a weapon, my ears would be ringing for hours, but this is a natural physiological response that we have inside of ourselves to help protect us. In the same way that we have tunnel vision or auditory exclusion, some people have temporary blindness. That did not happen to me, but these are all ways that our body help protect ourselves. They're primal Decisions that are made at the cortex of our brain. The brain is deciding in that moment that there's only one thing that is important. Is it to stop or escape the thing that is attempting to destroy us and survive? The eyes will still see. The ears will still hear. But the cortex of the brain is screening out everything else that is extraneous. So it's a filter to protect our ears and eyes from anything harmful. It's actually pretty cool thing that our body does for self-preservation. It's not something that you can bring on yourself. It's not something that you can teach. It's not something you can train. It's our body's way of responding to danger. It was more of my body tricking myself. When the gun did not sound like I thought it should because of the auditory exclusion, I thought maybe it wasn't a real gun. The three responses that can occur when someone feels like they were threatened by an outside source, is they can fight, flight, or freeze. Some people do not think that we have any control over which one of these responses happens. Other people feel that through training, you can train yourself out of or into a different response. Physiological responses to psychological stressors have been noted throughout the history of biomedical research and are generally biologically adaptive. And you see this in military and police. Through training, responses to different kinds of scenarios and different kinds of threat, police often respond in a fight situation, and it's very rare that they actually freeze or they run away from the situation. It wouldn't be very good if our police officers ran away from every threat that they encountered. One of the other areas that people feel like that maybe someone can overcome the response is the freeze response. Often, in individuals that have had trauma as a child, either sexual abuse or physical abuse, in response to this abuse, they often, as a coping mechanism, almost in an out of body experience, so that their body didn't experience the trauma. And often, since this response was used previously to survive a situation, It's the first response that comes as an adult if they were faced with any kind of fear. So often through therapy, individuals can not freeze during situations as an adult, such as if they were getting mugged or if they were in a car wreck, something like that where it really wouldn't be in their best benefit to freeze. They can change their physiological response they have to stressors. In this situation... I fought. And one of the reasons I fought is because of something that happened to me as a child. One of my relatives had choked me and I had a very strong physiological response to anyone being on top of me after that. So I believe that's why I fought back. I also, looking back on it, I just remember telling him that he was going to have to kill me because I just didn't want to go down like that. I didn't want my family to find me with horrible things have happened to me. Who knows what he had planned for me? And I knew rolling around in a bed with a gun, there's a good chance that I wasn't going to win the fight. But I think I'd made the decision long time ago that I was going to fight. So that night, I didn't really remember making that decision that my body already had it ingrained in its memory that I was going to fight. So these are some of the explanations that I found during my post-traumatic recovery to help me understand about why my body responded a certain way. Every person's response is going to be different, but these definitely helped me in my recovery. Knowing why I did a certain thing, once I could make more sense of it, I could put it to rest. I did eventually have to come to the realization that the kind of damage that a serial offender does to his victims There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's often just senseless acts of violence. So after I had resolved as much of it in my head as I could, the last part of it I resolved with that. I couldn't make complete sense of something that was senseless. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my story. For a reference guide on the resources that I used to research this podcast, Please visit my website www.thewilltosurvive.com. The Will to Survive is an 11-part series about how a traumatic event changed the course of my life and my road to recovery.